Welcome back to another episode of the MRM Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Brandon. Join us as we discuss business, life, and legacy. It's business time. Christopher, how are you doing? I'm feeling good today. I'm wearing my hat. I flipped the bill up. Oh, yeah. It's just a thing I do. Yeah, when I see it, and this is not derogatory, my friend. Okay, I'm not I'm not putting you down. But the first thing I think of is like Lance Armstrong on mile 400 or something. I don't I don't even know how long yeah. they've raced. It's that look. It's the biker, it's the person on a really long ass ride yeah. without a helmet cuz helmets are dorky looking, right? But that hat. It's no, like a biking hat. Only dum-dums ride a bike without a helmet. No, I, no, I know, I, but it just doesn't fit but it the is, cool it is that. It is sort of that cycling hat look. And I don't know why I think it's fun or why I like it. But, <laughs> but you like it. But it's just what I do. Yeah. So yeah, I, like I get it. a little embarrassed around all of my, you know, restoration buddies that have the flat bill, <laughs> you know, the whatever. It's not culturally appropriate by flipping the bill up, but yeah. it's just what I am. It's, it's wild and wacky. And so I feel it's good in my skin at the moment. I think that's a positive way to lead Tune into our it. YouTube channel yeah. to see what Nordyke looks like with his <laughs> hat bill up and his beard out. Hopefully we'll do a lot more next year. But uh, okay, dude, 2021 in the rear view mirror, right? This will be the last show that we throw up here in the next week or so. For 2021, we've we've started recording our sessions for next year. We really plan to hit the ground running. We're really excited about that. But let's let's just do an honest assessment of this last last year. Kind of the good, the bad, the things we we hit the mark on, the things where yeah, eh, eh, it's like it was close, maybe. And then if we feel so inclined, do a little bit of uh, excitement forecasting. What do you think? Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, where I'm where I'm at in my head at the moment is just thinking about how much our perspective has changed in just the last eight nine months. Yeah, you know, just oh man, yeah, the people that we've met, the clients that we worked with. I think even just starting this podcast was a really transformative move for us. Yeah, because I think it's forced us to, well, it's forced us to just yeah in, into our out of our comfort zone in a lot of ways. I mean, this is really fun for you and I. I think it's been fun from day one, but it's also been scary because it's like, okay, how much do we want to share? Are there things we shouldn't say? Yeah. Because they'll rub people the wrong way or it might alienate, you know, potential clients. Like they may hear us voicing an opinion or a perspective on something like, oh, I don't want to work with those guys. So there's been kind of that figuring out what does it mean to be authentic versus being reckless because I, I'm oh, man, well, I'm, I'm a huge believer in honesty and transparency. I also realize sometimes we can say things out of a sense of ego to like, we see a lot of that online. Yeah. Uh, people just kind of wearing their emotions on their sleeve or complaining out loud or whatever. And it's like, you know what? Not everybody needs to know every opinion you hold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is there real value in some of this honesty or transparency? So, so we've, we've wrestled with that a little bit. I feel pretty good about, you know, just anyway, that's, that's kind of been a growing edge for us of trying to figure that out. Like, uh, in the early days, the first, I mean, you and I probably threw out 10 episodes before we published, maybe more. Maybe more. And and we had how many takes in the early days? Now we're down to pretty much one take. Yeah, we want to be professional. We I want to be clear that we don't want to waste the the attention. 
right? Mm-hmm. Of folks like, you know, we understand that all of you as business leaders, as business owners are busy. Like bandwidth is a struggle. Yeah. And we do not take that lightly. Like we, we don't want to step on that. We don't want to ignore the validity or the weight of that. And so we don't want opinions and perspectives to just be more crap. Yeah. We want it to be valuable. But at the same time, we kind of made a commitment that we wanted to be willing to work through the ideas and the concepts openly. Yeah. Like these aren't necessarily everything is like it's totally vetted and figured out. There's an element of you and I being leaders in our own spheres and just wanting to say, this is what it looks like. And sometimes it's rad. And a lot of times it just kind of sucks or it's broken or it doesn't go the way you want. And as, as Chris would say, right, it's not even a but, it's and there's these really unique layers of experience that we get that actually keep you motivated, even when things aren't necessarily going the way you want. So like we wanted to to stay in that place and capture a lot of that. You know, what's been interesting to me is when I look back over our catalog of episodes so far, and we look at how many plays, you know, how many downloads or plays or whatever you want to call it, each episode has had some of our tactical episodes, like our episode with Jerry Edel. Yeah. Really good, right? So if you're listening to this and you didn't pick up that episode, it's great. You know, Jerry talks about sort of the changing landscape of of how we build relationships with agents in particular, yeah. which is that ground has shifted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. From the old smiles and candy thing, blah, blah, blah. And so there was there was a lot of interest. In fact, last time I checked, it was our number one episode, the most listened to or whatever. It's great. And the episodes that people have most texted you and I about... Yeah, like we've gotten texts from past clients and industry relationships and people, direct messages on LinkedIn and so forth have been the ones that you and I were most scared to release. Totally. Because they felt so gut level, transparent, like we were just rolling over like a dog, you know, just like showing our belly. <laughs> yeah. And those seem to be the ones that have elicited reactions. Yeah. Like people have felt something. And, you know, I've talked about this a lot. There's something inside all of us that feels alone in certain things. And we were just chatting about this before the show, like, especially as a leader, I forget who first said this to me, but it's so universal. We've all heard it, right? It's lonely at the top. Yeah. Yes. And it's, there's so many reasons for that. Of course, there's lots of things we can do to prevent Oh, of course, of course. But I think there's just this there is this thing, and I, I don't know that leaders ever fully get away from it, is there's just things, there's choices we make as leaders that are really hard Yeah, where, where no one's happy with us. Yeah. Sometimes you're choosing the lesser of two evils, yeah. as you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just, there's tension in the role where we feel inadequate to the task sometimes. And we don't feel safe to really disclose that to anybody. And we just carry that. Yeah. We carry that feeling of inadequacy as we're pushing through something we don't know if we have what it takes for. And it's just the grit and determination of, I think I can figure this out. I need to figure this out. Like that, you know, that's a thing that's not sexy to talk about, but all of us feel. Yeah. At at some point, right? Yeah. I almost feel like you did a really great job of summarizing the majority of 2021 from the perspective of it's been so interesting to have these opportunities to work, let's say, with our client base or, you know, with just some of the relationships in our sphere of influence and have really positive impact being their wingman almost. Like, in fact, that was a name that you and I 
kind of wrestled with a little bit potentially for this show was the wingman. Right, right. You know, the idea there is that is that we are reminding people they're not alone and in conjunction with the, you know, the programmatic ways that we support them and process procedure, all that stuff. It's really been this friendship of, hey, you're not alone. Like, like you have a peer, you have a friend that has your best interest in mind. But then again, like as we're offering that, mm. right, as part of our relationship value, then you and I are ultimately in this place as we grow these pieces of our business where we're in the same shoes that our clients are, where they're yeah. often, you know, getting ready to move the needle on growth or size or market share, all these different things. And so they're certainly being challenged and working in new areas that intimidate and make them feel less capable, all those things. And then the funny thing is, is almost all year we paralleled them in our own journey. Yeah. And you and I were consistently on these outer edges of our existing knowledge base, our existing experience, right? Because we we're we're doing things differently than, yeah. than we've spent the vast majority of our professional careers doing. And so gosh, man, if, if ever there was a year where I really understood the position or the plight of our clients, it's man, this year was one for me. Like I just was like the whole time, like, oh my gosh, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I I know what you're talking about. Like we see it. There's a lot of pressure to pose. Mm-hmm. You know, to come across a certain way. And I think I've talked about this a lot. And maybe it's because I'm kind of a city kid that came into the restoration industry. I'm kind of, I'm kind of this, even when I first came in and was working with you at the company that we helped build, like I didn't really look the part. I'm a townie. <laughs> like I, I did work construction and boy, do I have some funny stories from when I worked in construction in high school. Oh my gosh. The, the, the day that I, one of my first days on a job site, I had a spotting scope and I was, we were doing some excavation and I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground, but I was learning how to give these readings from the spotting scope to the guy who had the excavator or whatever. And I had to take a leak. And so I went into the house and I had this thing on my belt loop while I undid my belt loop to take a leak. And that spot, this brass spotting scope, probably inherited it from his grandfather, slipped off my belt into the toilet as I was peeing. <laughs> that I didn't make a career out of construction. Yeah, that's but, pretty uh, <laughs> that, guy, that guy really enjoyed the fact that he hired you. Right, I was in choir in high school. Anyway, I so <laughs> like I have been somewhat of an unconventional fit in the industry. But where was I going with that? I, I'm not 100. <laughs> percent I was following your journey. I just I'm not sure where. <laughs> was that a humility curiosity thing, or what was that? I don't know what kind of pose that was, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and there is 2021 for you guys. Like yeah. that's that has felt in in brutal honesty, guys. There's been so much traction in in so many areas. Yeah, we just challenged it. Yeah, yeah where I was going with that, man, is I think people can relate to what I'm saying. Maybe they're not this city kid with the you know whatever. But as we've been working with clients, this has just been a recurring theme, right? There's just a lot of pressure that I think leaders feel, and and within the construction sector, there's there's this other kind of pressure too. There's a macho kind of drumbeat to the industry sure, yeah. of the, this pressure to fake it until you make it. Like There's a pressure to appear competent and in control and to know what to do. I think other industries are a little bit ahead of us in terms of like self-awareness and vulnerability in some of these topics that 
are getting talked about a lot more like in tech. Tech is always seems to be a little ahead of the curve in terms of workplace culture and stuff like that. And so I think our industry still kind of fights that that macho get shit done, always have to kind of be strong and have it together. You know what I mean? No, I I do. The interesting thing is and, and I don't know if if folks have picked up on this this year or not, but you and I are different people. We have core things about our friendship, our our relationship as leaders and as business partners that we trust. Like there's there these core pillars we're on the same page. Yeah. And because we have trust in those, we give each other the freedom to just be who we are in these other arenas, right? Yeah. And there is part of me that that loved, loves that mochismo. Like, like I am addicted to it in some ways because I have a military background and I was looking in the companies that we've worked with and for, like we I wanted to recreate that bravado, that machismo, that elitism. In the healthiest way possible, not not the kind that's super exclusive and you know puts people down. Although I didn't always do all those things. Kick well. ass and take names, dude. I love face. it, right? Kick face, right? Like you know, face melt, you know, melt yeah. faces. I really do love that, and it's a component about our industry that I am somewhat addicted to. However, in conjunction with that, I experienced, you experienced both us as leaders failing big time because we got swept up into that and, and yeah. allowed it to taint what the bigger vision was or the why yeah. behind what we were trying to accomplish as leaders. And then there was times where we really, we balanced like being authentic inside that environment. Like, yeah. can you, can you get, can you honor, can you enjoy, can you create the grit yeah. That's asked of us in an environment like that, but still do it in such a way where people get to see real. Like they get to be honest about there's times when you do it well, and there's times yeah. you do it like crap, and there's times where I've got all the energy in the world to do this, and I've got times where I just am totally faking it because I don't have the energy or the bandwidth to do to do these things that we're being asked to do well. So it's like Yes, I agree with you. I think our, our industry has that. I'm kind of addicted to it, but I also know and have seen, and you and I have had many, many conversations about, that can become really freaking toxic as well, right? If we don't do this weird balancing of, yes, it is this, which is great because it fuels you sometimes when you can't fuel yourself. Yeah. So it kind of comes back to those three words I mentioned, head, heart, and boots. Dude. Right? Head, heart, and boots, right? It's, it's all of it. And I, I, I think it's just... One of the things we've been talking a lot about this whole year, I really, you and I have been talking about it for a long time, but it's the and. Yeah. Yeah. It's the and, right? It's like, I was drawn to that esprit de corps that I think you really brought to the team. It, the, the kick ass and take names, be the best. Like, let's be the leading company in our market. Like I am, like I'm a competitive person like that. I have a fiery spirit like you in, in that, there's always this internal yeah. gear that's cranking. Yeah. And I think you and I've seen and been a part of, sadly, the toxic residue of when it's all that. Yeah. When like well, like we were talking to to Clint yesterday. So spoiler alert. <laughs> Shortly after you hear this, one of our next podcasts of the new year is going to be with Clint Pulver. Feel free to Google him. An, an amazing guest different angle than some of the guests we've had, but yeah. he's just got this pulse on culture and sort of the changing landscape of leadership and how it has to move 
from this command and control, old school leadership framework to a mentorship model. And I'm just so struck by what he said about mentorship. He said, a mentor can only play that role when a mentee has let them into their heart. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like there's a touchy-feely thing for... (laughs) But it feels true, right? It's like you really can't lead without the permission of the people you're leading. Yeah. Like you can have a title of general manager, you can have the title of owner, but you and and it goes to what we've said before is like as a as a leader, sometimes you think you have your team's buy-in. Yeah. Like you think they're following you when they're really obeying. Yeah. When they're really complying. Yeah. Which are two wildly different scenarios. Yeah. And you and I've had the chance to see inside and behind some really, really cool companies, both during our career and we've been a part of some of them directly. And then we've gotten to meet some leaders here that there's some, oh. there's some magic happening underneath, the, yeah. um, underneath the, the skin. And that magic is they've actually gotten permission. Yeah. They're really leading people actually are bought in and we've seen just how different that feels. Yeah. And we've also seen the fact that they often aren't struggling quite as much as everybody else to get people. It's true. They're not. Yeah. They're not turning people over. Shock, shock. And their employees are bringing... Like we were just having a conversation with one of these leaders today. They're like, yeah, we don't really have a labor problem. Yeah. In fact, uh, we just hired two more people, friends of people that work in the business. And like when we were talking to Clint, Clint, Clint said, I just asked these employees of all these different companies, what's it like to work here? Yeah. And they told me the truth. Our employees, when their friends ask what it's like to work there, they, they tell, tell them the truth. If your employees aren't recruiting other employees in, it's probably something to think about. Gosh, that's huge. You're going into it. I, I, well, I know I'm going off. <laughs> but these are just, these are some of these realities. So you and I have been wrestling with, okay, what are we trying? What is this podcast about? It's like... The leadership thing is something you and I are fascinated with, but I hate the word because the word is so John Maxwell. John Maxwell is amazing. But it's, I think where our culture is going and where I just feel like my brain is always going is you can have all the right external behaviors, but as leaders, if we haven't wrestled with ourselves Mm. and what's happening inside and how we're leading ourselves, just doing certain behaviors or having certain disciplines externally, that's not enough on its own. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I think the other thing that you wrestle with with that term leadership is that it does feel like that word has been used in so many different ways for so long that it's... I don't know that people are hearing that word and and their ears are opening for something new or fresh. It's almost like you know, when you repeatedly hear the same marketing or sales routine, mm. like as soon as it starts, your subconscious goes, heard it and yeah. shuts down. I think in a lot of ways, anytime we lead a conversation around this term leadership, I think in a lot of ways, people have stopped listening to that word yeah. because they assume they know what's coming next. 
Yeah. Right. And I think what's interesting about what Clint is focusing on, which you'll hear a lot more about in that show, is mentorship and how that mentorship is possibly the new word to replace what has been for so long mm. leadership in quotation marks. Like we got really dialed in, I think, over the years of, of learning nuance between management and leadership. Mm. And I think what we're seeing is this wave of the future of leaders being asked to be mentors. This word mentorship is going to have a whole different context to it. It is going to ask people to adapt new skills and new new tools, new resources, right, to be this role. And what we're seeing is the workforce coming. Not only are the young leaders that are stepping into key positions know how to do it, or I should say, are more drawn to it themselves, like it's more natural for them as well. Mm. But then this workforce coming is like, they want it. They need it. Yeah. And and so for them, they don't want to be led. Mm. They want to be mentored. Yeah. And that's really adds, you know, again, going back to like this theme year in review, I think what what you and I experienced a lot this year, I've got some fear factor that perks up when I say this, is that we've had some relationships paralleling us that mentored us. Yeah. Right? They were invited. They did the things that that we felt like we could trust them. That we we let them in the inner circle, and we were very honest and transparent about certain aspects of our business or about us as our roles as leaders. Blah blah blah. And and they did mentor us. And so looking back on this year, I think the thing that stands out to me, man, is this idea of I want to learn more about what that role looks like and what that title mm. looks like to be a mentor in business, in with the podcast, in our consulting, in the things that we do, like, can we cross this threshold and develop more mentors? So I, I guess where I was going with that, like, I look back this year, man, and I go, wow, we were really fortunate with some of the friendships and relationships that we, that we were able to experience and that we know we'll, we'll continue to experience. But man, 2021 for me, I really felt like we met a whole different caliber of people this year. Mm. And even in our client relationships, like you and I got have gotten so much mm. out of those relationships too, right? Oh, in in conjunction with whatever value that we bring professionally. They just I feel really honored and really what's the word like blessed. I don't I don't know how else to say it, right? I don't I don't say that to isolate anyone or whatever, but yeah. I just feel really blessed in this year. It was not an easy. No. <laughs> but I feel so fortunate in so many ways relationally this year. And it's probably why this whole concept of mentorship yeah. means so much. It's like we anyways, I'm kind of tangenting yeah. going down a tangent now, but anyways. No, there's been a lot of that. I, you know what the other word is? Is and like it's? I kind of make fun of it sometimes, but I will tell you. I think the word and and the understanding of and versus a either or or but yeah. in the way that we assessed opportunity or or conflict or conversation or whatever yeah. that to me was a real game changer this year. It's been huge for me. It's a big theme. You know, I grew up kind of my faith background is Christianity and that and thing, that yin and yang. I talk about yin and yang a lot. I'm not a Buddhist, but I think as I've gotten older, and I think business has cultivated this for me, like their black and white thinking is, is broken down for me as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many 
things that we encounter in business, in relationships with partners, with employees. Like as leaders, we navigate situations that are just all these different shades of gray. Like mm-hmm. it's just like life is, is so much of both and. and. I think it's been helpful for me to just lean into that. And like yeah. instead of the but or this or that or this is right or wrong, it's like kind of looking at it saying, okay, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, where's the and in this? Um, Gosh, I think a perfect example of this is, and we're going to talk a lot more about this this coming year. My guess is with some of the guests that we'll be having, this is going to be a pressure point all year. It's the accountability case slash relationship. Yeah. I think in the past, what we've seen a lot of is you have leaders that either are really good at developing mm-hmm. relationship or they're very good at accountability. Yeah. And and what we're learning is is that the primo yes. is and. Yep. It's both. Meaning you can't hang your hat on the thing that's easier for you yep. or more natural. You have to adapt to both. Mm. And I think that that's why that word is so powerful and why you and I I think have just really tried to use it to our advantage this year in terms of how we're developing individually mm. is there is a lot of power in looking at a situation and saying it's an and. Yeah. It's not either or. You can't be all this or all that, or you can't only be strong in this. We have to see the other component that has to be sandwiched to it. And, you and don't you think that is kind of part of the yin and yang that you and I bring to our partnership? Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I think as def- default wiring, you're more wired towards the accountability and, and uh, standards. Yeah. I'm a little bit more wired on the relational connection side. And I've watched you shoring up the connection relationship side, like dramatically moving towards that. For me, I feel like my growing edge, and I've, I've felt it in spades this year as our consulting practice has filled up and flourished. It's like there's been more and more opportunities for me to confront that. Yeah. Of like really offering both to the people we're working with. Because my tendency is, is to build connection, 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 connection. And to pull back from standards and accountability yeah. in order to protect the relationship with the client. Yeah. And so that's when I look back over the year, like that's been, I can kind of spot that trend line of getting more and more comfortable leaning into standards, accountability, honesty, transparency with clients, yep. giving the hard feedback, yeah. and really seeing that as part of the relationship. It's like not only are we learning that it's part of the relationship, but it's that balance yeah. that's actually the difference maker. Yep. And yeah. I think that that's what's so neat about, yeah. about you and I. I think, I don't know how else to say it, but just kind of experiencing that this year and prioritizing that in yeah. our thought patterns is, is that it's really a differentiator. Yeah. Like, like those leaders or those, those people that have downline personnel, if, man, if you can develop this and, yeah. approach. It goes from good to yeah. holy cow, that's a difference maker. You know what's hard for me is, and it always has been as a leader, is the hang time. And yeah. what I mean by that is when there's a conversation that needs to happen or a piece of feedback that's very candid and is going to cut, it's going to land because it's truth and it's real, right? There's, there's a behavior or a habit that you're seeing in somebody that's destructive or it's, it's preventing them from really living out there uh, potential or capacity. Like my struggle has been 
there, there's a hang time. Like when you communicate truth, a lot of times when it first lands with somebody, you know, they take a defensive posture, it puts them on their heels. They feel all the things they feel because their ego. And for me, the way I'm wired, I'm like super high merchant. If you're familiar with the core values index, I'm super, super high merchant. And one of our kind of the dark side of that is that it's really destabilizing for leaders like me uh, when there's a break in the relationship. But most of the time when we communicate truth, right after it, the dust settles and people can see what it is you communicated to them, well, the relationship's restored. But it's that hang time yeah. while you're putting something out there and there's maybe a temporary break in the relationship or they pull back because they're offended or they're hurt by the reality you shared with them. For a lot of my career, that was the ceiling on my leadership. Mm -hmm. I was too afraid of that relational disconnect. Yeah. And so I was holding back. I was only really giving 80% to the relationship. Yeah. And I think a lot of leaders struggle with that. Yeah. You know, we've seen that with, I've seen that with some of my coaching clients. I think there's just different kinds of leaders that float to the top. And, and that's one of the struggles I've had. Um, but I feel like I made some progress this year. So that, you know, feels good looking back on even some of my early client engagements in the, you know, Q1 that I'm thinking of in my head and some conversations that I maybe shied back from. You know, I've, I've jumped into the deep end later in the year. Yeah. And it's really produced fruit and seen the positive. Yeah. I've seen the positive from it. So now it's almost inspiring to me. It's like, hey, when I share truth, and I do it really clearly and directly rather than kind of dancing yeah. around yeah. or kind of kind of tiptoeing into a conversation because I, I, I want to prepare them and not offend. I've seen the fruit of when I've built trust, communicating very directly and clearly just how much more valuable that is yeah. you know, to the people that I'm working with. What do you think, like from your perspective, I'm, and I'm genuinely curious here, is what do you look back on this year and go, okay, I intentionally set out to do that. Mm. And, and I just killed it. Like, they, like that was one I can really hang my hat on that I achieved what I wanted to. Do you, do you have one of those things from 2021? Yeah. Boy, that's tough because I'm so, I, I'm so hard on myself. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's hard to say it. Like say, oh yeah, I really believe it's this hard would to say it because I I just I catch myself immediately benchmarking myself against the people in my orbit. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, can you go first? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so I'm with you. I, I think you're right. Like it's hard to make this assessment because then you immediately want to compare yourself to somebody else and say, well, yeah, but was it as good as them? I would say this. Or even comparing it against what I think maybe I'm capable of. Like, I just, I'm so critical of, I think I could have worked harder yeah. when I look back over the year. Yeah. I think I could have pressed in uh, when in virtually every, and we were talking about this yesterday. Like, I think I'm capable of more. Yeah. But not in an arrogant way at all, but I look at my performance and I'm like, ah, I think I could have given more in that area. Mm -hmm. I think I could have worked a little bit harder in some of the content I put together. I think I could have been more diligent in uh, writing. And I think I could have been even more diligent in... I could have created more material and tools for our clients. I don't know, man. Okay, so here's mine. And it was an accident. Mm. It was an accident. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't part of the 
business plan. It wasn't part of the, you know, the, the strategies for a successful first year. It was none of those things. This year, I accidentally got much better at being in a space that I was either peer or self-evaluated without being offended. I'll break that down for me. Okay. What do you mean? So ah, this is weird, but okay. You and I have had the awesome opportunity to spend time with some really neat people. Okay. And there's a common theme with neat people in quotation marks. Normally folks that are going places and guys, I'm not talking about just money here. I'm, I'm just talking about like whatever their vision is for themselves personally, they're making traction in that. Mm. They're achieving the things they want to, regardless if I agree or disagree with the value of whatever that looks like. Okay. I just want to get that out and open. When I look at people that I respect from a myriad of different ways, a lot of it is about passion, drive, honesty about themselves, honesty about the, the, the people that they spend time with, right? Their willingness to be evaluated, to self-evaluate, to challenge their peers, all those things. I really love all those things. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. It's, if you're honest about it, it's fucking hard to be in that kind of circle. Mm-hmm. Especially when you start doing it more consistently, that circle begins to include some people that are moving at a pace that is just very hard to mimic, I guess. I don't know. And so part of that, and a lot of it's on the back of your nice friendship and relationship this year, just because it was challenged in such different ways for the first mm-hmm. time. And, and it just is, I just have had more time to be around people that challenge me and cause me to take note of what I am doing and what I'm not doing. Mm. And at the beginning of the year, it was very intimidating to the point which just almost could create paralysis. And as the year has progressed, and as we've both intentionally and unintentionally been surrounded and being around more people like this, I've just grown really accidentally more comfortable with some self-assessment and a push from a peer. Meaning that instead of me looking at like what you were just talking about, like instead of it being this thing like I'm disappointed, it's full of guilt and shame, I can just look at this last year and go, you know what? I could have pressed in harder in certain areas of my year and it would have produced more fruit. But I'm not going walking away from that assessment going, oh man, what a loser. Yeah. What a bummer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think that that's like that in and of itself for me personally. Yeah. feels a lot like a superpower, right? You know what? Actually, you said it better than I did. That is what's kind of going on inside me as I look back over the year is it's a positive discontent. Yeah. It's not full of I shoulda or couldas. It's, it's just I look back and I see all the things that we've been able to do and the ways we've been able to help clients. And I, and I also see, wow, I think actually we could do a lot better. Yeah. Like, I think there's more in here. I think there's more in here. Yeah. And I don't know exactly what, how that's going to show up. I mean, for example, like I have loved doing this podcast. There's something very cathartic about having a platform for just like processing my thoughts and some of the things that, I, that are really important to me. And that's been great. It's been helpful for me to get comfortable putting stuff out there that later I'm like, oh, I can't believe I said it that way. Because I've spent a lot of my career being so, so cautious about how I'm presenting myself. And you know, part of that comes from just my sales background. Yeah. Coming into leadership roles is that sales background is you're just so you're so planned and strategic and sort of how you're engaging really not false, but you're just like you're you're just really hyper aware 
of matching up with people, speaking people's language, right? We've learned that everybody has their different social styles. So like as a salesperson, you get really good at kind of matching up with people, meeting them where they're at. And kind of the toxic residue of getting really, really good at that though is that you're hyper aware of what people think of yeah. you and, and coming across the right way and stuff like that. So it's been a really good exercise for me. I think even just in my client work of having this podcast to just put thoughts out there and just let them stand on their own, not always be kind of polishing or repackaging or editing out the stuff that wasn't quite right. But just that's been a good exercise for me to get comfortable just putting these thoughts and ideas out there without trying to mastermind how it's going to be received. Yeah, I can appreciate that. You know what I mean? Oh, and I've seen that in you for sure. And and there's a couple things that stand out to me as you say that. One is, I think it's because you've done a better job this year of separating your identity from your thoughts Mm. and from perspectives. Like, meaning that we can hold... You have learned this year, at least from my vintage point, to hold on to that stuff with looser hands. Yeah. So that when we put it out there, it can be dissected a bit and it can not be agreed with per se all the time. And it doesn't shatter you because you've created separation between your independent identity yeah. and some of these things that we're practicing. Dude, life is practice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the other thing that kind of stands out to me in that too, and, and I, I'm not saying that you've experienced this, but I think there's a benefit to it is that. I've witnessed you also giving yourself the freedom to change this year. So when we say things, if we're afraid to put those out there because we're not sure that we've got the fully thought through, flushed out perspective on that, the reality of it is we're, we're in a constant state of change as individuals, as leaders. We should be constantly growing, constantly changing, constantly getting a wider perspective and more context on the environments that we're operating in. And if we do that, our perspectives are going to change. We're going to be negotiating those perspectives a bit as time goes on. So for me, you doing more of that this year, I think is so powerful because all of us in leadership positions really have an opportunity to say, okay, in this particular point in time, in the context that I've been exposed to, here's my perspective. Mm. But I'm very open to the fact that a year from now, when I have more life under me, maybe it'll be a little bit different, right? And that doesn't mean that everything from core values to principles is wishy-washy. That's not what we're saying. But man, I yeah, I would say that's a pretty realistic evaluation of yourself. And I've seen that as your business partner this year. And to me, it's made it really fun to do work with you mm. because it, it spurs me to be willing to do that. I mean, shit, dude, this year in general, this whole podcast and everything that we do in a lot of ways, is just totally freaky. Yeah. Right? Like, because you're, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of a constant state of looking behind the scenes. So anyways, I think, I think you're right on there. I think it's powerful. All right, let's take a minute to recognize and thank our MitResto Mastery sponsor, Accelerate Restoration Software. And I'm fully aware, by the way, that when I say those last two words, restoration software, that that instantly creates heartburn for some of you out there, right? Because we probably all fall into one of two camps when it comes to software. We've either cobbled together kind of a version of free website tools and spreadsheets just to make our business work, or we're in the camp where we've adopted one of these existing restoration platforms, you know, one that has all the bells and whistles and supposedly does it all, but we can't get our team to consistently adopt it and input information to it. 
Yeah, and that's really where Accelerate has honed their focus. They've created a system that's simple, right? It's intuitive, and it focuses on the most mission-critical information, i.e., guys, your team will actually use it. Let's talk about sales, right? After years of leading sales and marketing teams, the biggest trick is getting them to consistently update notes about their interactions with referral partners and clients. And the essential piece there is there's got to be a mobile app experience. And in our experience, the solutions that were previously out there were just too cumbersome and, and tricky to use. Yeah. Imagine, guys, how your business would change if your entire team was actually consistently using the system. Do yourself a favor. Go check these guys out at xlrestorationsoftware.com forward slash MRM and check out the special offers they're providing to MRM listeners. All right. Let's talk about actionable insights. Owners, GMs, you can't be your business's expert on all things estimating. You might have been three years ago when you're writing sheets in the field, but the industry is always changing and so are the tools. If you're the smartest person in the room when it comes to Xactimate and Matterport, how does that scale? You're the bottleneck. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but this is where Actionable Insights comes in. They're a technical partner that can equip your team with the latest bleeding edge information and best practices and then update them with webinars and training resources when the game inevitably changes again. For this reason, we recommend Actual Insights to all of our clients. Yeah, three of the kind of big things that stuck out to me when being introduced to, to AI and their team. First off is this consistently updated training. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are the experts. They're out front all the time. They're constantly learning new trade secrets and ensuring that your team's got access to those things a 3,700 plus page database of Xactimate templates. I don't know what else to say here other than don't reinvent the wheel. It's already available. Download it, copy it, use it, bam. Database of commonly missed items. I think this is huge. So many of us can change the numbers by just moving the needle a couple points and those commonly missed items can make all the difference in the world. So go check them out at value.getinsights.org backslash F-C-G. What about tomorrow, man? What about next year? Like, is there, is yeah. there something weighing on you that you're like, man, this is gonna, I'm gonna prioritize this next year. I think I'm excited. I, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm in this kind of pensive, like reflective kind of mode at the moment here at year end. We were talking about this on our coffee walk yesterday. Like, I feel like I'm being drawn. I'm 41. My oldest kid is 16. And I just feel like I'm experiencing this midlife pull to really discover, like, what is my capacity? What am I capable of? I feel like there's some areas of discipline that I want to really dig deep in mm -hmm. and discover what am I capable of doing if, if I really got serious about, about that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a buddy die this last year. And, you know, actually, it wasn't this last year. It just feels like yesterday. It was the year before last. But I, it, he's been on my mind at different intervals. He was 50. And he died really suddenly in a car accident. And anyway, he was, I hadn't, we weren't super close. Uh, he'd moved out of town. And so we were, we were really, we were long-term, you know how you have those friends that you had a lot of kind of face-to-face -face history and then they move out of town or they, you know, whatever, get a different job. And so you're, 
you're more pen pals. We interact on Facebook. We had phone calls periodically, but we weren't super close. But he occupied a really meaningful time in my life where we were close. And I just, when that happened, it's just really brought me to the present moment of none of us know how much time we have left. Yeah. And I think for me, like one of the themes next year, and it's not so much, it's not a New Year's resolution. It's like, this is a theme that I'm feeling. I've been feeling throughout 2021. And I just, as I reflect over the year, like that's where my mind and my heart goes is how can I be more present and engaged with what's in front of me? Yeah. And I think some of it's just the like the really day-to-day nitty-gritty things of how am I taking care of myself yeah. to be at my best? Am I being disciplined with my energy like and my creativity? How much do I fritter away throughout the day? Even when I'm here at the office, like how much of my creativity and my attention gets frittered away scrolling through my LinkedIn feed under the guise of staying connected and networking and all that kind of stuff, but where I'm, I'm really not bringing my full self to that. Yeah. And then certainly we talk about this a lot, right? It's like, we are all whole people. We're not just professionals. We're not just business owners and entrepreneurs. We, we're, we don't, we aren't here to make money and spend money, right? Like relationships, like I think I have a 16 year old daughter. I only have her in the house maybe for a couple more years. Yeah. And a lot of days I'm thinking, I can't wait for those two years to pass. <laughs> I love you, honey. If you're listening to this, I do. I do. And someday you'll be a parent maybe and you'll understand. Right. But I, I think I waste a lot of brain space just trying to get through mm. versus really being present. Yeah. And really appreciating the moments that I have. I can get really caught up in stupid shit. Yeah. And so it's, it's that stuff. Yeah. And, and it sounds heavy. But it's not. It's actually like, boy, I look back at the year and I think, oh my gosh, we've been so lucky. We've been so fortunate. And yeah, <laughs> and I love it. What could next year be like? Yep. Right. If I'm more, I, I'm more serious about my day and my just my day. Yeah. Like I'm more intentional. I'm more disciplined with. Okay, what am I putting in my body? How am I taking care of my body? How am I spending my time? Am I linger like last night? I was at the office working on an article, soon to come out on CNR. I'm writing an article, but I, I procrastinated. I put it off. I, I waited. I, I blew some time in between client appointments, whatever. Checking LinkedIn when I could have been digging down, and so I was at the office till six thirty last night. You know, doing what I had to do, and I just think to myself, whoa, what could next year look like if I was more disciplined? with how I expend my energy and what I apply my brain to from six in the morning till six at night. And what could that mean for my relationships with my family? How could that change the game? Yeah. Just by being more intentional, being more present. Yeah. I like the intentionality piece there. I got to mirror that to a certain extent. One of the things I feel like that we learned this year is how different the, let's call it, decision making mechanisms were for as an example the clients that we took on this year yeah and how there was like this pretty wide spectrum between aggressive proactive mm-hmm. engagement of the business and that's why they wanted to work with someone versus a quiet desperation mm-hmm. of like i am just so sick of being sick and tired i'm going to try this to see if it will help yeah and from us as a service provider, like 
both of those are amazing. Like when we can meet someone that is quietly desperate and they just need help, mm. like we love that opportunity to bring reprieve, to remind someone how to be excited about their business again. Like I love that. But I also wildly respect those people that haven't gotten to that state because they're so aggressive about the proactive engagement in their business and their role and what they want to see happen. And so for me, I've realized over the years, I think I've spent more time making decisions out of the quiet desperation. Like you just reach that point, like I can't ignore this anymore. Yeah. And because I've had this really third-party perspective of watching people in the throes of this decision-making matrix, if you will, there is something that just stuck out to me to all those business owners that engaged with us from this really healthy, proactive perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking in my mind, you know what? I want to mirror more of that next year. Yeah. Like, and it, and it really does, it speaks to what you're talking about too. It's just this getting really honest and aggressive about looking at my current situation, looking at the current status of our business, looking at the current status of our service offering, whatever, and saying, what do I want to do with that? Yeah. Right. But I'm not a victim. I'm not desperate. I don't have no choice. Yeah. I actually get to play a super proactive role in all those choices. And how do I want to prioritize that? Yeah. What kind of business do I want to have yeah. versus what kind of business do I inevitably get? And so for me, that is really, really going to be a big deal in 2022 personally. Yeah. Because I think it affects everything, right? Because I can look at my role as a dad mm -hmm. with those eyes. I can look at my role as a husband with those eyes. I can look at my role as a business partner, as an advisor, whatever. And I can say, but what do I want to mm. be doing with that role? Yeah. And not being intimidated by that, but just looking at it and saying, okay, well, then what kinds of things do I need to prioritize in that space in my life to bring or be what I want in that situation instead of just mm. getting what I get? Yeah. You know what kind of sits underneath that for me is... I've been noticing, I've been trying to be aware of it. I've been trying to more quickly notice this. I think sometimes I conflate relaxing or sort of like, I don't know, I'll use the word self-care. It feels like something from a woman's blog. It's terrible. But like, like this notion of self-care, I think men, we don't... That's a common idea and kind of theme that I think women are recognizing. Is, yeah. you know, because culturally, whatever... You know, there's there's been sort of a, a spoken or unspoken expectation that women just take care of everybody else. They don't take care of themselves, right? And yeah. but I but I think the the same thing can be true with men, right? But how much I I numb out mm -hmm. in different ways, yeah. But I call it something else, yeah. I catch myself numbing out, and sometimes I'm numbing out on podcasts. To be honest, yeah, sure, uh, like. Just podcast, like any good thing, right, can become a bad thing. But I catch myself throwing on a podcast instead of just sitting in my thoughts. Yeah. So last night I went on a, I took my dog for a walk. The dog thing, oh, it's uh, it's something else. <laughs> but I'm starting to have these moments where I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk the dog. And last night was actually the first time in the last few weeks where I realized what was going on there for me is. I left the house as I have to walk the dog because she's losing her shit, freaking out. Like she's just wily and going off the rails, like yeah. spinning around in circles and jumping on everything. And I'm like, okay, oh, geez, gosh. But I left my phone at the house and I knew what she needed. Like we, I needed to just walk her for like 30 minutes. 
And after I got across the street, I realized I left my phone in the house because normally I would just put my earbuds in and I'd throw on a podcast and just like basically numb out. Yeah. Under the guise of I'm listening to the Knowledge Project or I'm listening to whatever. Like some, I'm learning, I'm expanding my whatever, blah, blah, blah. Self development, professional development, bullshit, 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 right? Because I I think that's what I'm realizing is I can bullshit myself really well doing things that on the surface are good, but I'm not willing to sit quietly. Like we talked about with Rachel, this was a big moment for me. And maybe it's why it's on my mind so much. But Rachel brought up the, on our workshop we did of the visioneering, we talked about deep work and that actually got assigned to me. Like I was the one that I facilitated those slides. And I started to think to myself, how often do I create time as a leader, as an advisor to other leaders to just actually be quiet? And the answer for me was not very often at all, if I'm honest. Yeah. I talk about mindfulness. I talk about it quite a lot. Yeah. What has taken the place of my mindfulness or meditation or quiet time or just a time to just process life and thoughts and whatever it is, clients or business strategy or whatever, but being just alone and quiet in my thoughts, I, for whatever reason, I've struggled with that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so last night I was, I was thinking about that and I found so much pleasure in walking around the neighborhood and just kind of decompressing. It felt really healthy. Yeah. And that the one area that I have really grown in this year, so this was success. It's not overtly business related, but I feel like it's spilled over into our business is I've spent a lot of times in the woods. Yeah. You know, and uh, a lot by myself, you know, just getting out to the woods and either finding a sit spot, just sitting down and just literally sitting for 30 minutes, trying, trying to just, you know, get quiet or walking out there with my kids. It's interesting when my kids and I go out to the woods, they like to horse around, you know, it's 13 and 10 and, they like to scream and yell, but it's just funny. Really quickly, the woods have a calming effect on them too. Yeah. It's almost like we're all experiencing the same peace when we get out there. Yeah. So like we'll have these long periods of time where my boys aren't saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Like even on this one spot on the path, this place we like to go, there's this, this clearing that opens up and there's a ravine and it just looks out over this kind of valley spot. And yeah. I love to just stop and just stand there yeah. and take it in. Yeah. Sometimes the fog is kind of rising off the valley floor, you know, and it's like the trees are poking out of the fog. And it's just this almost like a, uh, what's that fantasy series? Like, come on, you're the, that three-part movie, Lord of, Lord of the Rings. God, see, everybody's <laughs> going to be like, what a dork. He doesn't know Lord of the Rings. But it's almost like this Lord of the Rings kind of set. And, and at one point, one, one of these times, I, I just stood there and I was so overcome with a piece of it, like, and my boys, they caught up with me and they just stood next to me. And I was like, God, there's something here. I don't spend enough time. Like this recharges my batteries. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's healthy. So that's one thing I want to do more next year. And I just, uh, that, that spills over into every, every other part of me, you know? Do you want to chat a little bit before we kind of wrap this up? And then I think we did a bit of a rear view mirror look and a little bit of tomorrow, but what about our podcast, dude? Like, I know you and I have really been wrestling with this. We've been wrestling with the show. We've been thinking about the assessment of the show in terms of its performance this last year. Like, how close to the goal did we remain in terms of what we wanted to do? Mm. 
And so I, I don't know, maybe take, let's just take five or six minutes and maybe talk about that. What we want to press into this, this coming year. Um, are you cool to do that? Yeah. You want to do that? I'm totally cool. Here's kind of my perspective on where the start was. We, we looked at the space and we looked at our podcast to do two things. One is to, to be brave, to challenge us to, to be more transparent and open about our own challenges as leaders, as business leaders, as business owners, and just tell people they're not alone. Like, hey, we're going to be willing to cover some of these topics. Mm. Sometimes it'll be very tactical. Sometimes it's strategic. Sometimes it's just a brain dump. And hopefully there's value in that. I feel like in many ways, even though the, the road meandered a little bit, we certainly had moments where we were more confident than not. In a lot of ways, I feel like we remained on that path. Yeah, There's no way I could say that every time it was super intentional. But I, I think we just stayed there and we challenged ourselves to do a couple shows that were really unnerving. Mm-hmm. It just personally. Sure. You know, maybe yeah, other yeah. people heard it and they're kind of like, yeah, well. So anyways, I feel like to a certain perspective, that would be my take on this year is we fell forward. We learned a lot. We got better in certain areas. We certainly continued to make mistakes in others. Mm-hmm. Um, learned a lot. Yeah. Where are you at in terms of what you... How did you think mm-hmm. 2021 went with the show? Well, I mean, I, I just think it's been so fun. One of the reasons why we did it too was to expand our connections and relationships in the industry. Big time, yeah. You know, it's like, boy, this is kind of a cool excuse to invite people that we admire, we've admired from afar, or we've just had a very sort of incidental relationship with to deepen our relationship with some of the people we've had on as guests. And we still have a a wish list of folks that we've, yeah, uh, we're admirers of their work. And so that has been everything and more than I had hoped it would be. I mean, I just look at the friends that are kind of around us now. Some from actually being on the podcast and some from people that heard the podcast and like reached out or said something and like it, we, we connected with people on a different level than maybe we had before. So that was great. Yeah, I feel what you said. I, I think you and I just... We wanted to bring something different. Maybe not in a marketing sense. Of like, hey, there's a hole in the market. Although I think we thought maybe there was, like mm-hmm. to just bring a different kind of conversation that wasn't totally focused on the nuts and bolts of the industry, but really what's what's happening in our head and our heart as leaders. Mm-hmm. Like what's real? Like what are what's the ego struggles that we have as business owners and and senior leaders? What feels good about the work beyond the money? Yeah. Like like the legacy piece. Yeah. yeah. Like building something. Like these are these are things that I think as leaders we all relate to, but we don't talk about as much. We tend to get really tactical when we're talking with other business buddies. We're calling them about the current opportunities or struggles or wins or losses we're having. And we we don't get into what are we what are we feeling? Yeah. And it's real. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we did that. I think it's been a lot of that. And I think for me, I want to learn how to become more authentic. You know, sometimes when we hit record, I put on kind of my my podcast voice, or I put on my sure. Like even I, I think you and I are getting more and more natural of just being able to almost talk to each other. Like the audience is, we're certainly mindful, I guess, of trying to not trying to create value. But I I want to get better at just having the conversations that you and I normally have. Yeah, you know, not feel like we're in a fishbowl. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what I mean. Yeah. So that that's one thing that I think we've grown a lot in. I mean, those early days. 
like I said, we re-recorded, stopped, and yeah. let's start that over. That was yeah. crappy. Run in from yeah. We do shot. a lot of that because yeah. we just think, oh, that was a dumb way to say it. For the reality is, sometimes we say it dumb, and then we'll say it better, you know, later in the sentence or whatever. But I just want to get more authentic in our conversations. I also, when we talked about this, I want to get better at creating, and this is really a leadership behavior. I want to get better at creating a safe container for other people to feel comfortable. Yeah. Sharing at that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I look at the, the guests we've had thus far and the guests that we're, we've already got kind of on the docket for next year. And it's like, I, I want to see them. I want to. And I think that's where our culture is headed. Our mm-hmm. culture is pushing that. Yeah. Like we're like my kids. It's really interesting. Some of my best conversations with the kids are when they start, they start to get candid with me yeah. about their, what they see their observations. I think social media is a big part of this. There's been a ton of crap that's come from social media and all of us feel it, right? We're all addicted to our phones at some level, blah, 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 blah. But I think one of the beautiful things it's created is the millennials and on down have just highly tuned bullshit detectors. Yeah. They don't want to fake it. Yeah. They don't want to work for a business that makes them fake it. Yeah. They don't want to be in relationships where they have to fake it. The weird tension that we're still in though is that the, we fake it on the social media platforms but it's created this hunger and desire to not fake it in real life yeah. if that makes sense yeah no, like we yeah. all feel the pressure because this is the social dynamic right it, I mean this is the social dilemma you know if you watch that documentary yeah but it, it's this paradox of we all feel pressure to fake it but there's this growing drumbeat and I in my conversations one-on-one with business people it, it's there. Yeah. Like people feel it. Like yeah. there, and it's like I said, we get these texts from people when we did that filling the whole episode just oh, yeah. about, you know, past wounding and how it affects our leadership and that kind of stuff. And you and I just did an anger podcast. And I, I don't know how that's going to land with people, but yeah. I just feel like there's a drumbeat of enough of the bullshit. Yeah. I want to talk about what's real. Yeah. In amongst business people, I think if I had to identify a single thing that I've been really successful in my career, it's not because I'm a super rad salesperson. I've been a I've been an okay to above average salesperson in my career. But what's been the killer thing, or what has has really I think propelled me is over the years I've gotten better and better at just being real in the way I approach people. It just connects with people somehow, and and I want more of that. Yeah. And and I think other people want more of that of just like enough of the bullshit. Yeah. And so I, that's I think you and I both feel that way. It's like shared value of let's just talk about what's real. Yeah. What's 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 now? What's really happening in this situation? Yeah. What's going on inside me that I feel so offended by that thing that just happened? What's going on with me that I feel small? I feel insignificant. I feel inadequate when I'm talking to this person. What is that about? Yeah. Like dealing with what's real. I think for me. That's a really life-giving, yeah, place to sit. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and and I think what's cool is that you and I and our our preparation for next year and and getting ready to just really do some. You know, we've been in this kind of planning phase for a bit now. Is we're going to double down on that, yeah. like to to the extent that that you and I are evaluating the name of the show. And yeah. and it's likely, not likely, it will happen. One of the first episodes that you'll experience in, in 2022 will be under the new banner. And we're going to go into a bit of detail at length uh, explaining why we're, we're changing the name. But as part of this kind of wrap-up or review, we're going to speak to our audience, meaning this industry. But 
we just felt like the name that we developed out of the gate was too tactical in nature. It doesn't really do a great job of, of describing and or identifying where we want to be. And we want to continue to deliver next year on some strategy, some, some technical, tactical stuff. We, we want to do that. But we are really going to prioritize and focus on the non-compartmentalized elements of leadership and where it is that we are as, as business leaders, business owners, and really being committed to this idea that it's, it's head, heart, and boots in a lot of ways, right? Like there is multi-dimensional elements to who we are. And we don't want to ignore one of those when we talk about our roles as key leaders, as, as mentors to folks, as to you know, the heads of our companies and our teams. So I think that's going to be really exciting. I think it's going to be fun. We're going to be reaching out of the industry aggressively. That's the piece. It's like, what, what, what is the name of your podcast? Who really cares? But I think our audience is restoration. We're not shifting gears. Like That's the space we're really trying to serve and connect people and so forth. And I think you and I are both really passionate about... Look, we want to bring thought leaders in, operators people with new ideas from outside the industry in and, and expose them to the industry. And, and Clint is going to be one of those oh, one man. of those first few people. And it's just awesome to get outside of the four walls of restoration and disaster mitigation, all that kind of stuff. And to start to pull some kind of different perspectives, different language, fresh you know, perspectives out of other leaders and other operators. And so whatever we change our name to, that's one of our goals is to just make it a little bit more when we've reached out to some of these speakers, like, oh yeah, what's the podcast called? I'll check it out. And it's like, well, it's called the Mitt Resto Mastery Podcast. And people, outsiders, they're like, uh, what, what? What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> well, you know, we call it the MRM for short. It's like, it's disaster restoration. You know what I mean? So our audience is not going to change. Like you are who we're speaking to, but we want to we really focus on bringing new ideas and stuff in from the outside. And so whatever name we land on, it'll still hopefully really capture what we're trying to do, but it'll open up, I think, an opportunity to talk more yeah. easily to, yeah. to folks that aren't inside our industry to get them on the show and so forth. Yeah. So, okay. Well, uh, I don't know. That was sort of a rambly walk. It's just real. But it's real. Yeah. I'd, I'd say this, guys. Um, if you've been walking along with us this year, I think Chris and I just want to say... Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, we've had fun. We've learned a lot. We feel like in many ways we're falling forward. You guys have been honest and real in terms of, of your input and perspective on what we've been doing. Stick with us. Tell a friend. Hang out with us, guys. Next year is going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be more of us just challenging ourselves and you to be more real with the realities, if you will, about our roles as leaders and company owners and our responsibilities to those folks, the human capital, if you will, that have been put in our charge. And uh, just remember, guys, you're not alone. That's, that's why we created this show. So hang out with us and keep sending us your DMs. It's really encouraging. You like something, you don't like something, something provokes you, something challenges you. Like That stuff's really... It's encouraging to Brandon and I just that people are engaging with anything we're saying, you know. Right. And so, if something's helpful or it, it makes you think about something, uh, shoot us those DMs. You know how to find us on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, some of you have our cell phone. Our cell phone numbers are pretty easy to find. Shoot us a text, whatever. Have a good rest of the year, and uh, we'll see you in 2022. Later. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the MRM Podcast. 
And if you got something out of it, share it with a friend. Hit subscribe, hit follow, leave us a five-star review. Thanks a lot.